welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Welcome to today's episode. I am so excited that you're here because we're talking about one of the most important things that every single author needs to know before they launch their book and release their book, or even after your book is out. You need to know this stuff, and that is the amazing confusing world of Amazon and how to optimize your book on Amazon. And to chat with you today, I've brought in my friend Jeff Affleck, who is a six-time best-selling author. He's a publisher. He's a self-publishing coach. He's helped launch books, you know, all over the bestseller list, including some books on the New York Times bestseller list. So Jeff, I am so excited that you're here today to talk about this very, I think, super important topic. Great. I'm so glad to be here, Christine. Thanks a lot for having me. So would you take us back a little bit and just share, like, how did you first know that either you wanted to write a book or you wanted to help people who wrote books? Like, when was that first inkling of like, I mean, I'm meant to be in this author world? How did it happen? Yeah, I, I first came from the marketing world, so online marketing, and I was working with some transformational authors who you and your listeners probably know of, Janet Atwood and Chris Atwood, who wrote a book called The Passion Test, New York Times bestseller, and also Marcy Shymoff, who most people know from The Secret, Chicken Soup for the Woman's Soul, and Happy for No Reason. And I was fortunate enough to be working with those three and had not written a book, but of course they had written many. And we together collaborated and put on a program for aspiring self-help authors and um, I was one of the four facilitators in that in that program as the online marketing expert. And it was during that time that we or uh, that I, I really felt like it would be a great idea if the four of us wrote a book together so that we could uh, use it as a way to generate interest in our program. So that was the first time, you know, the idea of writing a book came up was to write a book that would help us to build our business, our, our program. And so I took the lead on writing that book. It was uh, co-authored by the four of us and it went on. It was called Enlightened Bestseller and it went on to, I think, last count. It's been six years now. About 10,000 people have downloaded that book from Amazon. It's just an ebook, and that was the first one I wrote. Well, it's a pretty amazing ebook. I don't know if you remember this, but a few years ago I'd interviewed I think it was specifically Chris. I don't think I interviewed the two of you together, but I think I interviewed Chris for one of my transformational author experience trainings. It might've been 2011, 2012. So it's been a while. And I think we got like three to 4,000 downloads of that book just from my community because they were all just clamoring. They need, you know, it was good information and just so grateful you all did that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that, that, that was it. You actually interviewed Chris and I and Marcy in three separate interviews and we each offered uh, a free copy of the book. So we had three interviews pointing to the same book and yes, it was 4,000 downloads of that book. It, well, 
a couple of things I want to say here. First of all, like I love that your first book was not your own book because neither was mine. I wrote mine with 39 other people. You wrote uh -huh. yours with three other people. Right, right. Um, but sometimes it's easier to, you know, break that initial barrier by collaborating with other people on a book. Sometimes, you know, it's best just to get help and write your own the first time. But I love that. And the other thing that I just want to say is you were so smart, and this is kind of off topic of what we're speaking about today, but not completely, is when you all shared in that interview, I don't know if you remember this, but the way you had timed it, you made the book available for free on Amazon, so the downloads counted on Amazon, but the link that you and Marcy and Chris all gave out was a link to an opt-in page. And after they opted in, so you collected the names, then they went straight to the Amazon page to quote unquote right. buy or download for free. I'm like, oh my God, freaking brilliant. You got all those thousands of names added to your list and you got the downloads counting on Amazon. Free, freaking brilliant. That's why we have Jeff with us today, you guys, because like talk about creative mind when it comes to online marketing. So anyway, there's a really sad statistic in the author worlds, and I don't want to put a damper on things here, everyone, but most self-published books that launch today average, I would ask you to guess, but we're not live, so I can't hear your responses back, but the average book sells somewhere between 100, maybe 200 copies if the author is lucky. Um, and that's sad because you put so much time and energy into writing these books but hardly anyone is selling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds or thousands upon thousands of copies. So with that statistic, Jeff, why do you think it is that most authors are really failing to sell more than a couple hundred books today? Because we want to put an end to that for all of you listening. Yeah, it is sad. And uh, when you quantify that, if you sell uh, 100 books and you're making $3 in royalties, <laughs> that is not going to go very far in covering the, even the cost of production for your book. It might cover your the cover design and that's about it. So I think there, there are really two reasons that most new authors don't sell many copies of their books. One is that they don't have a platform and that's not really the topic of this interview, but a platform being a following, a, a, an email list. You know, certainly that's something I learned working with Chris Janet and Marcy is having a big email list means you can reach a lot of people, means you can sell a lot of books. So one is a platform and the other is, is, and this is something everyone can develop, it's a, a mindset of a marketer versus the mindset of an author. And I, I think that's the thing that most people, you know, it's not going to take, it's going to take you a while to build a platform, but you can start building a marketing mindset right away today. So how would you suggest someone do that? Because I know a lot of the authors I work with, like they just, they, they love the words, they love the message, they love liberating their story, they love helping their readers. For someone who's maybe a little bit more engaged and enthralled with the creative process than the marketing process, would you speak a little bit like what maybe is like one tip you can give everyone to help make that mindset shift to being a marketer and not only an author? Sure. For me, I believe it comes down to Everything that you do with your book, whether it's your title, your subtitle, your cover, the way you write your back cover copy or the description that you put on Amazon, view it all through the lens of the reader or the prospective reader. And um, I wrote a blog post on this about 
being reader-centric versus author-centric. And I think that's really the, the key starting point is everything you do, everything you write around marketing your book and hopefully in your book as well is all focused on the reader. The reader is, they're coming to your Amazon page, let's say, and they, they, they see your book cover and they see your title and your description and so on. They're asking only one question, you know, what's in it for me? And if you come at it with that mindset and upfront with the answer to that question, I think you have a much better chance of converting that Amazon shopper into someone who purchases your book. Absolutely. So marketing from the get-go and, you know, cause I sometimes have clients who are just like, they marketing to them is like a four letter word. You know, it's this dirty thing that they don't like even have to talk about, think about, or let alone do like the, Oh, marketing, you know, they want to stay away from it with a 10 foot pole. And what I've often said to them, and we'll see if you, you know, what your thoughts are on this, but I have to tell them just replace the word marketing with sharing. Like if you've got a message that you care enough about to spend the time and energy and money to put that out in a book, it is something that you want to share. So don't think about marketing, you know, if you have a hang up with that word, just focus on sharing, sharing, sharing. And you can share by speaking, you can share by being a guest on podcasts, you can, you know, share by going out to local networking groups or, you know, putting an online course together, whatever it is. So if marketing kind of gets y'all twisted up inside, then focus really on sharing. I love that. So now let's talk about this thing called Amazon. If I had sound effects, there would be like a <laughs> don't, 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 don't. As <laughs> 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 we talk about Amazon, because there is this thing called the Amazon algorithm. And all I know is that it exists. I don't know exactly how it works all I know is that has a lot to do with you getting visibility for your book on Amazon or not getting visibility and like ending up in the black hole on Amazon. So would you speak a little bit about, you know, what the Amazon algorithm really is and why our authors and everyone listening needs to be at least somewhat knowledgeable of it? Sure. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like the Coca Cola recipe. Um, nobody really knows. Nobody really knows what's in it, but we nothing know nothing good for you. I don't think right, nothing good for you, right? But it's it's a secret recipe that's closely guarded. But the the algorithm is a formula, a mathematical formula, that determines how high your book appears on a search result on Amazon. So if someone goes to Amazon and they type in some kind of a search phrase, they're looking for a book like yours, let's say they're looking for a book on happiness and they type in happiness books or they type in something like how to be happy, then the Amazon algorithm will determine which books come up to the top of that search. And uh, there are a number of factors that go into the algorithm and, and people who like me and my, my peers, we speculate on exactly what those uh, factors are and, and really ha which ones have more weight than others. But I can tell you what, what they are. One is going to be whether or not the search term that someone is putting in is in your title and subtitle. And so that's why, back to my first point, when you're thinking like a marketer and you're creating the title for your book and the subtitle for your book, make sure you've got some really strong Amazon keywords in your title or subtitle so that if someone searches that phrase, your book is likely to come up. So there's that. The other thing would be the number of reviews that you have and even how recent the reviews are. So if you've got a lot of reviews, but you haven't had one since 2016, your book is not going to show up as high on the list as someone who's got more recent reviews. 
And then there are other factors such as keywords. Anyone who's published a book on Amazon will know that you get to input seven keywords for your book with your listing. So you want to be sure that the the words that you're using are actually popular phrases that people actually search on. And there's some ways to uh, figure that out. We'll get it. Maybe maybe we can get into that later. If not today, then another episode. <laughs> another time, yeah. Another, another one is categories. You know, we all know that when we uh, when we look at books on Amazon, that they're they're organized into what Amazon calls browse categories, and most people will will choose two of them when they upload their book to Amazon. But we we know that you actually can put your book in up to ten categories on Amazon, and being strategic about which ones you choose can really affect how high your book shows up on Amazon search results. So there's lots of different things, keywords, categories, your title, and so on, and reviews can all affect the algorithm. And what happens as a result is when you sell a book, if you look at your your little chart that Amazon provides for you on your bestseller ranking, you'll notice that you have this nice little spike when you sell a book. If you don't sell a book, it starts slipping immediately. And the, the default is that you're just going to keep going down, 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 down in the rankings until you sell another book. And so we don't want that to happen. We want to be able to try to keep the book up in the rankings by selling, selling books regularly and so that we don't fall into that, as you said, the black hole of the Amazon algorithm. And Amazon gives a lot of weight to recent sales and they also give weight to a 30-day average of sales. So your, your position on the algorithm is determined a lot by your recent sales, but also your sales over a period of time. So like, are we talking huge numbers here? Like they want to see you move in thousands of copies a month or hundreds of copies a month? Or is consistency really the king? Yeah, consistency is the, the thing. Yeah, and uh, if you could sell even, even one copy of your book each day, that is enough to keep you. I'm not, not going to say that you're going to be in the, you know, the the top ten or anything like that. But that could be enough, depending on your category, to keep you in the top twenty, the top fifty, the top one hundred in your well chosen categories. So yeah, it doesn't have to be much. Consistency is actually better than a spike. Got it. Amazon, you know, they, they, they reward you for a spike in the short term, but not in the long term. I feel like some of our listeners are taking a deep breath right now thinking one book a day, like I could do that. <laughs> so I'm relieved that it's not, you know, a thousand books a month or hundreds of books a day or something. Excellent. Okay. Uh, I mean, one is, one is, one is good. 10 is yeah. <laughs> better, but, but, but Amazon likes to see kind of what, 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 they, what they would say is organic sales. Whenever they see a, a, a large number of sales in one day, then they, they know that that's something that's not really organic. That's the author is orchestrating that spike in sales, and that's usually followed by crickets and nothing happens for a while. So I'd rather see you know, 10 sales a day for 10 days than 100 sales in one day. And that's opposite from some of the information I think that people are hearing is, you know, send everyone to buy it on this one day, and this one day is the only day that matters. But yeah. There's something valid to that because that will generally get you a bestseller ranking, a number one bestseller ranking in a category, which is a great thing to have, you know, as a as a feather in your cap. So, not that you don't want to do that, but as well, you want to have you want to have systems in place that 
provide you with consistent sales after those spikes happen. So maybe focus on a big spike for the launch or even, you know, post-launch once a year, you want to do a big spike, but then don't forget about all of the other days after that big push. So, Uh, Well, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So when it comes to authors that you see putting books up on Amazon today, like what is the biggest mistake that you see them making? And then I want to talk about what we can do to maybe help them sell more of their books on Amazon. Is there one biggest or are there well, too many to count? I, I would say I, I would say the the overall biggest mistake is as I mentioned earlier is not thinking strategically with a marketing lens. And the way that shows up is that when you land on their Amazon product page or Amazon book page is that either it doesn't look professional or there are some things that are just not not done or not done well. And, you know, when you want people to land on your page, if they get that far and they've clicked through and they've got to your book, they're at a point where they're considering it. You want to do everything you can in your power to make sure that that, that Amazon shopper clicks and buys your book. And so I think the biggest mistake is that authors, it's not that they it's not that they do something wrong. They just don't know what it is that they could do within their power without having a large platform or any kind of you know, special superpowers that they can do things to make their book more enticing to readers. So enlighten us, right? You wrote a, cook, yeah. a book called Enlightened Bestsellers. I'm asking yeah, you so right now, Jeff, so enlighten us. Those. What can authors do to help them in the Amazon world? So I call these the seven tweaks. It's a technical term. Very, very technical. Love it. Tweak, right? <laughs> but everyone so knows exactly what you're talking about, probably. Yeah. So there are seven things that you could that you can do, and we could probably even break these down further, but let's just stick with seven. Some of them you need to do before you publish the book, and some of them can be done on the fly afterwards as uh, improvements or corrections. So the first one is is the title, and the subtitle is included there. I already spoke about that, is making sure that the title is author-centric, that it's, you know, that it's catchy, that it's got some keywords. Hold on a sec. You just said author-centric. Did you mean reader-centric? I'm sorry, that it's reader-centric. Thank you for catching me there. That is reader-centric. And what I mean by reader-centric with a self-help book is that it, especially the subtitle, that it, it solves a specific problem that the person has, or it makes a transformational promise for what it is that that person aspires to be after they've read your book. So I'm not going to get too much into that, but making sure that that is well thought through and it's not just a title that you like the sound of, but it's something you've actually thought about that you've tested, that you've run maybe uh, you know, polls on Facebook on different versions and you've, have you, and you've checked to see whether those keywords are actually words that people search for on Amazon. So having a, a strategic title is just as important as having one that you, that you really like. And usually they end up being the same thing. So that's the number one title. The second one is your cover. And I'm, I'm sure your readers know the importance of having a fabulous, well, I forget who, who said it, but like an eye candy cover, <laughs> right? When, when you're browsing and you see 16 search results, or you see these ads at the bottom of an Amazon page, and there's you know, nine books across the page, your eye gets drawn to a certain type of um, cover and it's the one where there's great contrast where the the letters are large enough to be able to be read on a 120 pixel wide amazon thumbnail you know make your your lettering big all of those things colors that appeal to your your target reader so making the cover 
really eye-catching and professional. Please, please, please don't design your own cover unless you're a professional designer, right? So those are the two, almost the most important things because without a great title and a great, a great cover, no one will even click on on your book to begin with. So maybe right? the saying really is true that people do judge a book by its cover. <laughs> they absolutely do. Yeah. They absolutely do, right? We need those keywords to get the book to come up in the search results. And then we need a, a, a really interesting cover that is, you know, just that people want to click on in order to get them to the next stage. You know, it's funny, Jeff, I'm just going to say we used to, in my publishing company, we used to allow our clients to come to us with a cover design. Like we would back that out of our publishing package and we would allow them. And we had so many nightmares. I mean, there were covers that like, oh, someone's niece did it. And it looked so horrible, but that's what they wanted. And we had agreed that they could get an outside cover. So now we're like, forget it. If you announce a cover, we're not willing, we're not even willing to publish you. I don't care like what, how much money my company might make from doing that or how much we would love serving you. But if you want to do your own cover, I'm sorry. We have professional award-winning designers that do our covers for a reason. And uh, I just couldn't agree with you more on how important that book cover is. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I work with people one-on-one all the time doing Amazon optimizations for them on their book. And I would say that about half of the people that I work with, we need to change either the cover or the title or both in order to revive a book that's already been published. So this is why it's so important to do this kind of thing really well before the book hits the market, because it's a hassle to change those things afterwards. All right, so we've covered off on two points, title, title, subtitle, and number two was cover. And then we get into uh, some more of the things that are under your control that you really want to think about before you publish the book. But if you're already published, not to worry, you can always change these things. Keywords, we discussed those. You can upload up to seven keywords. So what is a keyword? It's, it doesn't have to be a word. So back to the example of a book about becoming happier, a keyword could be happiness. But if you think about it, there's probably a gazillion books with that keyword and no one really would go to Amazon and just type in the word happiness on its own. They're more likely to type in a phrase. And in the self-help world, what I find is that people type in phrases that begin with how to, so how to be happy, or they'll type in things like ways to ways to find happiness. They might even type in things like how to deal with. It's right. So this is, this is how people think they type in how they think how to deal with depression. That might be a search. So you need to research these various searches and come up with seven of them. And there's some great software out there that you can get that, that allows you to do that kind of thing. It's really, it really takes it, uh, makes it, it takes the guesswork out of keyword research. And let me just say that if you're not into software and not into keywords and have like no desire to figure that stuff out, you can check the show notes because there is a link to go and learn more about Jeff and how he might, I, I have him do my own Amazon optimization and I have him do Amazon optimization for all of our publishing clients because I'm like, that's not my expertise and I don't even really want to learn. I want to know enough to be intelligent about it, but I want to delegate to Jeff, the expert to actually do it. So just check the show notes on that in case you're feeling a little overwhelmed. So, so, yeah, thank you. So, you know, so high level on that, what we're trying to come up with are seven keywords that a lot of people are searching for and that not too many other books are competing for. So a keyword that has 10,000 Amazon searches a month 
and only has 16 books competing for that keyword, that would be a great keyword. Whereas one that has you know, 1,000 searches a month and 30,000 books competing for it, well, that would not be such a good keyword. So that's the thing on, on that one. All right, so I, I wanna keep moving. Uh, another real important one is reviews. This is something that uh, we wanna be thinking about before we publish the book. Two kinds of reviews, editorial reviews, also known as blurbs or endorsements, the kind of that you would see on the back cover of a book. You wanna be gathering those from you know, opinion leaders and people who are also authors or experts in your field. You wanna be gathering those in advance and we upload those to Amazon ourselves so you don't have to get someone to post those directly to Amazon. They send them to you and you upload them and you wanna have at least five of those on your book page just for added um, credibility and social proof. The other kind of keywords, well, they're the ones that come from readers and there are a few things you can do to influence those, but um, mostly those are, are going to be you know, spontaneous from readers and hopefully you'll be prompting them a little bit at the end of your book to please, please, please post a review. But right, if you do that, you can't necessarily ask them to post a favorable review. Like you need to ask them, I, at least I've heard this, that if Amazon gets any wind that you are you know, specifically requesting a five-star review, Amazon doesn't like that because it's supposed to be an unbiased, you know, uninfluenced review. Now, they might not know you bought a cup of coffee for the person that you, you know, said you'd thank them after they reviewed your book, but you know, it's 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 a tricky world. So, just be mindful. Oh, I do have I do have a tip for your listeners. Sometimes uh, people you know will try to review your book and Amazon will reject the review. Uh, it happens. I've had to, that happen. Right? It drives me it nuts. Happens for, it happens for various reasons. Amazon gives you some vague reason why it doesn't something to do with a you know, breach of terms of service. Maybe that the person hasn't purchased $50 a year on Amazon in the last 12 months. That could be one reason. Are there people um, like even, that on the planet? Yeah, there really are. <laughs> there may be that um, Amazon has figured out that you're actually somehow connected to that person. And it could be that maybe another author, you bought their book and they bought your book. So they see review swapping. I've even heard that Amazon knows uh, if they're your friends on Facebook and then they're posting a review for you that, that you're connected and they might ban the review. So if that happens, ask the person that, who said, hey, I couldn't post the review for you even though I tried. Say, just send it to me and then you post it as an editorial review. Brilliant. So you can still use the review, but you get, to, you get to post it. And I've never had Amazon reject an editorial review. Okay. Another thing you can do with reviews, if you've got a few reader reviews, but you don't have many editorial reviews yet, you could post some of those reader reviews in your editorial review section, just copy and paste them over. So there's ways to do that. All right, let's get on to the fifth one. And that is your description. The description is the text that people read about your book when they land on your book page. That is your sales page copy. And this is where having a little bit of training in copywriting or at least having some principles to follow can make a big difference. And there, uh, again, if you look at the training in the show notes uh, or the link in the show notes, you'll see some, some suggestions that I have on how you can do that. But that's a really important piece. You know, we want to have a nice headline that grabs people's attention. We want to have a paragraph that, that lets them know that we understand the problem that they have in their life. And we talk about our expertise and we give bullet lists of in this book you will discover boom 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 and we have a call to action at the end it's just 
classic copywriting uh, that we want to use in that description. And don't be afraid to put a bit of bit of thought into that and also some length. You know, it can be up to 4,000 characters, which is roughly 500 words. So you can make your description quite long if you want to. A lot more room than you've got on the back cover. So take a advantage of it. A lot more room on the back cover. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. You know, and uh, make sure you have a call to action at the end. That could either be, you know, order your copy now available in Kindle, paperback and audiobook, or read the look inside feature and begin reading chapter one today, something like that. It's great to send people to the look inside feature because once they're in there, when they get to the end of the look inside, which might be 5% of your book, Amazon puts a link there to buy. So it's a, it's a good way to get people to try out your book a little bit. And then there's a call to action already, already built in. So that's five. Number six is categories. We talked a little bit about that earlier. Amazon on the US side has something like 21,000 different categories Holy available. Smokes. <laughs> that's yeah, a lot of categories. It's ridiculous. So, so most people take a stab and they say, well, my book is about happiness. So I'll put it in self-help and happiness. And that's, that's fair enough. My rules for category selection are three of them. First of all, you're going to pick 10 categories for Kindle and 10 for your print book. So that's the first rule is make sure your book is in 20 categories. The second rule is be sure your categories are relevant to your book. Now don't put your book in categories that don't make sense just to try to, to get number one. Don't put your book in, you know, imports and exports if your book is about happiness. Okay. <laughs> so, but having said that, you can stretch it a little bit because your book may be about self-esteem, for example, and there's a category for that, but it might also fit into health, fitness, and dieting, mental health, emotions, or it might fit into religion and spirituality, new thought. So don't be um, hesitant to explore different broad category areas. Most books will fit into at least two. I've even seen three, four different broad areas. So explore that. So we're going to find 20 categories in total. We're going to find relevant categories. And the third one is we're going to find at least one or two categories that we can rank in the top 20 without selling too many books. So that when your book does slip down a little bit in the rankings overall, you'll still be in the top 10, let's say, in a niche category that is relevant to your book. And that's why we want to have 10 so that if we happen to slip out of big categories like happiness, we might still be ranking in religion and spirituality, new thought. So that's categories. And there's, uh, again, there's software that can help you with this choosing and finding the categories. And the final one, Christine, is the price of your book. Uh, many authors come to me and they have an idea of how they want to price their book. And generally, it's a little too high. So my advice on pricing is, first of all, think about what is your overall strategy? Are you trying to reach as many readers as you can and you may be willing to sacrifice royalties for that. So let's give the example of our enlightened bestseller book that I talked about at the beginning of the call. We didn't really care about making royalties on that book. So we were happy to give it away. We were happy to sell it for 99 cents and make a 35 cent royalty because we wanted to reach as many readers as we could because we were trying to build an email list and to uh, fill up a program that we were running 
every three months. So that's one strategy. If that's your strategy, price your book low. If your strategy is to maximize your royalties, then you're going to find a middle ground for your price point. And if you, uh, if you just don't want to sell many books, then price your book high. <laughs> that's, my, that's my advice on that one. Right? <laughs> we know for Kindle that we need to be within a range of $299 to $999 to maximize the royalties. So between $299 and $999, Amazon pays you a 70% royalty. Under $299, you only get 35%. Over $10, you only get 35%. So the, there's very little grounds for pricing an ebook above $10. You might as well just put it at $9.99 and you make the same as if it was priced at $19.98. For the paperback, you've got to look at your page count. You've got to look at comparable books and see what they're priced at. You don't want to be priced too expensive relative to others. And again, look at your strategy. You might be better to do a $9.99 paperback just to sell more of them. Or maybe you, maybe your, your content is so valuable and unique that you can get away with charging $25 for your paperback. So there's, there's quite a bit that goes into strategy. One last thing on pricing is test your prices after you've launched. Try $4.99 for your ebook for a month and see how many sales you get. Try $3.99 for a month and see how many sales you get. And you'll find that there's a, a sweet spot there where you're maximizing your sales and your royalties. You just have to find out what that price point is. Can I just say how lucky we are to be living today where it's like, oh, test the t price and then change it. I mean, like when I started publishing back in 2004, I mean, I printed thousands of books with an ISBN on the back. The Kindle edition wasn't even available because Kindle didn't even exist. And those thousands of books had a certain price on it. Like you couldn't test and and adjust. So I'm just like, just hearing you talk about this so nonchalantly, that's like, oh yeah, just test and change. I'm like, we are so blessed that this is a world that us authors get to live in. It's pretty amazing when you think of it. I know. It's so great. So, you know, those seven things, title, cover, keywords, reviews, description, price, and categories, those are the things that every author has under their control, provided that you're self-published with with KDP. Uh, just a little note, if you happen to be published with a hybrid publisher or a publisher who has used a different system to upload your book to Amazon, you won't have the same degree of control as a self-published author, which I think is just a, just speaks really well for why you would want to be a self-published author and have full control over your listing. Well, that seems like the uh, fantastic seven here. The lucky number is seven for what it takes to really succeed when it comes to posting a book on Amazon. Title, cover, keywords, reviews, both editorial reviews and reader reviews, the description, the categories, and the pricing. So I'm hoping as we share all of this today, as you're listening to this episode, that you are not letting yourself get overwhelmed by it as you listen, but just allowing yourself to be educated and empowered about knowing these things. You don't need to know every detail about how to do it, but to just have this information, this education, is education and information that a lot of authors out there just don't have. That's like this Amazon optimization thing and the Amazon algorithm remains like this, this untouchable mystery. And then they put their book on Amazon, like I said, it sort of goes into the black hole. So just being here today, just listening to this conversation and letting this information sort of filter into your just your field of understanding and knowledge, even if it's not detailed, 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 
you now have some sense of how this Amazon algorithm works, what you can do to optimize your own page. And of course, as I mentioned before, just go to the show notes for this episode and click on the links to learn more about Jeff. He's got an awesome free training on Amazon optimization. It will go through today's information that we shared even just a little bit deeper and share some amazing resources with you. As you heard me say, like Jeff is who I have on my team for my own books and my clients' books as well. When we publish their books, we have Jeff do all the Amazon optimization work. So you, you'd be in super hands if you just don't want to figure it out yourself. Everything you need, like I said, is in the show notes. So Jeff, we're going to wrap up here. We ran a little bit longer today than usual, but I would love for you just to share, if you can, like what is the most important message that you'd like our audience to walk away with from our time together today? Think like a marketer when you're publishing your book on Amazon. Think like a marketer, and a marketer thinks that the that is the reader is the most important thing. So everything you do, do it from the point of view of a reader finding your book. Then you will succeed and sell more. There's no question about it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for being here today. And thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of Get Your Book Done. So thanks again, Jeff, and happy writing, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in.